Hi, this is the A to Z podcast. I'm Zach Jackson. He's Andre Knott. At Dre Knott, at Akron Jackson on most of your favorite social media platforms. A to Z podcast.com, Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. What do you got going on over there? Just life, man. Just life. Just a five-year-old boy that does whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. Tell everybody's hi. Tell him what I said. Tell everybody what I said when I had the podcast, what you told me downstairs. But now you're not going to talk? Yeah, he's so shy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. He goes, I thought you said you weren't working today. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to talk to Uncle Zach. All right. <laughs> We're about to start this over. Leave me alone, AJ. <laughs> yeah. Get off me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> you all right? All right, I'm good. <laughs> uh, we're not starting over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, a to Z is brought to you by Scene, by the Honeymoon Grill, by American Fireworks, and by Cleveland Whiskey. Um, we sometimes get excited and venture into mature slash immature subjects or say four-letter words. So if all that's not for you, if you're in a work environment or if there are kids around, put on your earbuds or come back and listen to us at another time. Um, Dre, I definitely want to get to Ohio State, and I definitely want to, you know, talk turkey because we love to do it. But let's just start this with the Browns. Be the best, this, may, this may be the best week of the year, sports-wise, yeah. food-wise. No, listen, unbelievable. Go ahead, you got go. obscure college basketball on TV at all hours of the day. You got super significant football games. You got excuses to overdrink and overeat, and you got nap time. It, it could really be the greatest week of the year. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, there's not much more you can ask for uh, in one week. You get, like you said, you get super great football matchups. You get traditional matchups all over the place. Food all over the place. The best foods ever. The foods that supposedly kill you whenever life is going to be over. <laughs> you get all the pies you want. You can wear sweatpants. Uh, the naps are naturally okay. Uh, to me, this is what this is when your John Tellage. And all those other guys that we know that do all those super duper workouts and they end up uh, living just as long as us. This is why they do it, so they can <laughs> so they can purge. Where you and I, this is just this is just like another week, you know. Like I go to Popeyes one Friday, I go to Swinson's one Friday, and this week I get to do it all in all in four or five days. I'm gonna eat leftovers all week long. This is the best week ever, man. I, I, I think I may go to church this week just so I can can truly get, go all out and really hurt myself. But like you said, let's start on the Browns. <laughs> yeah, so um, anyway, at 2-6, and six, they were left for dead. And although we don't know if they'll ever overcome losing that Denver game or not getting out of their own way at certain times, the only way they could make it interesting was to win all three at home, and they did. Um, yep, when you play Miami, you're almost in a no-win situation, but you jump out on 28 nothing, you bury them, eventually you win. And now, finally, you get meaningful December football. Um and we'll get to the sidelights and all the other stuff with with what the Pittsburgh game is. But what yeah. what have you asked for for years and years? A rivalry that matters, games in December that matter, and a team that's playing well here and um, is still not right in the thick. But if they can keep winning, they're going to be there. It's just how it works. Everybody wins, and you know, half the teams win and half the teams lose yeah. every week. And uh, if you can make it four in a row, if you can go into Pittsburgh and win where it's not going to be easy, even though the Browns are favored and I get that, if the game was right now, I would absolutely pick them to win. Um, you know, then you've earned it, and that's what we've been saying. you got to earn it in this league. 
Yes. Well, and the one thing is, and, and, and I know perception, we get into perceptions all the time and the frustrations and all those other things. And it's hard to, you know, say one thing or another about a season when so many things have happened over the last 14 weeks or how many, however long you want to go about it. But just to be in a scenario of back-to-back years now that games matter in December is a huge step for the Cleveland Browns organization. Huge. And I don't want to get all uh, – yeah, and I know that it's difficult for us to take that in because – as you said, you can bring up the Denver game. You can bring up the Rams game. You can bring up – because that's what's, that's what's most on our mind. But I'm going to be honest. For where the Browns have been for the, la- for the last two decades, um, to have a December like last December that brought all this emotion and all this charge of, of here we go to the playoffs and printing Super Bowl tickets, which we all knew. Well, most of us with common sense knew that that was above and beyond and ridiculously stupid. Um, the one key component to this that really matters and means that the Browns is a franchise and an organization. And look, I don't hand out compliments or pats on the back to that organization very easily, but I think one that we, we should truly take in and, and take a leap of faith with is that they aren't the team that, you know, we're not talking about the draft right now. And how many Thanksgivings were we talking about? Should you lose the rest to get Chase Young? Yes. Or is that quarterback or is the quarterback for Oregon? Is he worth, is he worth the risk or, is there a quarterback or is Joe Burrow going to be the savior after growing up in Hamptons, Ohio? You know what I mean? Like that's been, if we really want to be honest with ourselves, if you covered the Browns, if you've been on the Browns or if you've worked for the Browns or however you want to formulate this, that what they're going into in this last month, despite all the pitfalls, despite the suspensions, despite uh, all the ridiculousness is we get to second December where, um, you run to the TV at one o'clock on Sunday. You, you, you know, you make plans on Friday or Saturday and they're legitimate plans. plans. They're not, you know, selling off your Cincinnati Bengals tickets for a couple of weeks from now. Heck, I might even go to the game. <laughs> like, like, it's just that to me. And this organization is not perfect. And if anyone's going to tell you it's not perfect, I think you're, you're listening to two of those people. Um, but it is a step in the right direction with being with the rest of the league. Um, they compete every week. Uh, they, they did they did their, they did their NFL job yesterday, which is kind of boring to say. They went out and dominated. They slept through the third quarter, and then they put a team away, right. which is very NFL alike, to be honest. Yeah, I think now again, Dre, we, we continue to see why there was so much excitement for this offense because there's a lot of dudes, right? Right. Yeah. And um, you know, and I and I hope we get to talk about this. To win in Arizona and to beat the Ravens, you're going to need a lot of offense. This week, you just need to win the turnover battle. You just need to run the ball. You just need to be efficient, right? And I think with these yeah. two backs, two motherfuckers, right? Mm-hmm. Feed them, throw them short passes, throw your empty playbook shit out because you'll just leave the quarterback to get killed by T.J. Watt. Buckle up and go with the Steelers. First to 17 wins. And if you win, it's on from there. You simplify it so well because that's really what it is. Um, and, and how meaningful is it to just, you know, um, and look, let me, as I say this about the Browns organization, let me also do the other thing. Get off Freddie Kitchen's back, guys. It was legitimate. It was legitimate to question everything about everything he did in the first five weeks of the season. Uh, he was overwhelmed. And as we said here on this podcast and many other places, uh, it wasn't his fault, sure, because he was the, he was the leader of the home. Um, but when you really sit back and look at what he's been able to accomplish over the last four weeks, I think we got to give him the same. We got to give him the same love, because despite not being prepared to be a head coach, despite not really figuring out how to use certain guys and, and not putting the hammer down probably when he needed to at certain times, 
He's got a team to commit less penalties. He's got the team to stop with the turnovers. Like I'm just saying, all the things that we crushed him for, he is they're they're better. I'm not making him out to be Vince Lombardi. Don't don't do that to me. But at the same time, what we crushed him for, you got to give him. Uh, yeah, and look. However, the Jason, however, I'm gonna stop right? you oh, right here. Uh, there is a lot of however. Well, <laughs> well that, there's no doubt about that. Did they throw the ball too much on Sunday? Yes. Yes. Do I agree wholeheartedly with Jason Lloyd's story in The Athletic that suddenly Baker Mayfield has turned it all the way around? I don't. I think it was a good article by Jason, but I also have to in the country, you know, you got to put a part of this this conversation is the opponents are way different. And, and so I can't – and I get what Lloyd was doing. I get the story, and I'm not, I'm not attacking Jason Lloyd in any shape, way, or form. I get it. He even tweeted out that he was getting ready to write this story about, about Baker right before he threw his first interception. And he looked at you and was like, whoops. I get it, and I know that. And, and look, and it's what writers do. And I don't. I'm not complaining about them currently. I get it. When you you win three games in a row, um, in football, at some point you got to talk about the quarterback, especially if he's not turned the ball over. And he had a good game yesterday. He didn't do anything terrible. But as I texted Zach yesterday, the Dolphins have an XFL secondary currently. They're not really trying to win in their secondary. But he's still there's so much room for improvement with Baker. We haven't seen anything like what we saw last year with him. But if you want to go on Freddie, let's go on Freddie. What, what, what was your issue with him yesterday? Well, listen, th- this is nitpicking, and a nitpicking is a sign that your team is relevant, right? Because nobody nitpicks the, exactly. the shitty teams. But not just too much passing, but down in the red zone, the play where he and this is on Baker too, but it's mostly on Freddie. The play where he almost gets Demetrius Harris killed, right? Mm-hmm. That's just completely unnecessary. The, the throw's not open. You got your guy hurt, and why would you even be throwing there? The game is over. Well, get the hell home. I get well. Here's the thing: I'll throw back at you. I blame that more on the on the quarterback than I do the coach. Because here's the other thing that we don't know, and I don't, and I I don't know it either. So I'm not sitting here saying you're right, I'm wrong, or, or vice versa. There's a, a lot of times you come to the line of scrimmage as a quarterback in the offense they're running, where you pick pass or run, right? <laughs> and when you like, there's a lot of those times when. You probably should go with the right. You're right. There's no reason to be throwing the ball. I just don't know. When I see that formation and I see what they're in and I see how they call stuff, I think a lot of times there's run pass options and how the and not the RPO that everyone thinks is the most intelligent guy ever. Just there's some offenses and a lot of NFL offenses where you get certain looks, you can change out a run or pass, and it was a terrible play. And they have to have a better conscience of using the clock because it helps your defense. And that's what bothered me about it yesterday. I wasn't tweet. I didn't tweet at all yesterday because. I just didn't want to be involved with idiots. Um, I just don't understand. They should have ran the ball the whole fourth quarter, in my opinion. Like, just run the clock out. You got two of the best running backs in the NFL. And the, and the lineman would rather lean on them. And like, I just, that's what I don't get about. Chubb should have had 30 carries yesterday in, in that type of game. And, and Hunt should have had 17 carries, in my opinion. Just, just, just bleed them to death. You don't have to put, you don't have to throw for 350 yards or whatever else. But, that's Freddie, and I think that's just something that we well, all right. Have so to... listen, you're you're right in that he deserves praise, and the Browns have cleaned some things up. And it was going to take a certain level of maturity from both the coaching staff and the players to win these three in a row, regardless of yesterday if you were playing the fucking Saskatchewan Rough Riders or not. Right, right. right. But what you're laying out there is the concern that next week, when it's ten seven in the third quarter, and it's third yeah. and four, instead of Kareem Hunt just getting the ball. And if he get if he gets it, great. If not, you punt. That he goes empty backfield, and here comes T.J. Watt to end your quarterback. Right, right, right. So and the thing that I say, it's is out there. We hear complimentary football. We hear, yeah, we hear complimentary football all the time from the best team in football. 
And what is complimentary football when you have a three-score lead and you're playing without your basically your whole defensive line and your whole defensive secondary? That's when you complement that defense and help and keep them off the field by running the football. Yes. It doesn't mean you're giving up. It doesn't mean you're taking a knee. It doesn't mean any of those things. It means you're trying to complement. And look, they won. They won three in a row. I'm not going to sit here and just beat them over the head with it. But those are the things that make you scratch your head to say, if you are a winning team, this is how winning teams take care of themselves in week 10 to be better in week 11. Yes. Are we, you know, and, and, and that's what I think scares some folks when they see how the game was coached in the second half yesterday. Yes, no doubt about it. Um, look, we know what Sunday is. <laughs> we know it's going to be wild, wild, wild over there. Um, is this is this the biggest matchup with the Browns and Steelers since the Browns came back in 99? I well, mean, I mean, they played a playoff game, so no. You know. Yeah, okay. But did we really think they could win? Well, it was well, so long ago. Well, they led by to, 17 in the third quarter. So What's that? They led ahead, that game okay, by 17 you... in the third quarter, so what we thought really doesn't matter. They should have won, right? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I'm just saying, I'm trying to remember what it was like leading into that week. Well, I think that, se- that season was so crazy. No, CJ. The owner passed away. Yes. That was a crazy season, but it's run. not – there was no bigger game, honestly, than than 07 over there where we knew if the Browns won, they would have won the division and they didn't win. Right. 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 So. Right. Um, yeah, so, but this is the biggest sense. Uh, you know, the, history is history. Uh, the Browns are 1-17 in Heinz Field. The one was the game after that playoff game, a Sunday nighter in 03 where William Green ran wild and Dalen McCutcheon. Yep. Um, yep. Um, had a pick, had a fu- six, was it a fumble or a pick? I don't know, but he had a long defensive touchdown. The Browns blew him out. They have not won there since. Uh, they've gone there with with Jason Campbell and with Derek Anderson. Uh, they've gone there with John Manziel and RG3 and Thad Lewis <laughs> and Bruce Gradkowski. Thad! Uh, <laughs> shout out to Cleveland Whiskey, sponsor of our Obscure Browns Player of the Week segment. <laughs> so, again, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, like I said, it, it's it's just fun. It's, it's, you know, hopefully nobody in the stands will do anything stupid. Hopefully nobody on the field will do anything stupid that has long-lasting repercussions. Um we know if the Browns can score first and take care of the ball, they can win. We know if they can't pressure the quarterback or quarterbacks, um, they let the Steelers hang around. And if they let the Steelers defense, you know, get, if the Steelers defense makes a couple big plays, then then the Steelers can win. So kicking conditions won't be ideal. It'll be bitter cold. It'll be bitter angry. Uh, it'll be good. It'll be exactly what you want in a December football game. And yeah. that's what like I said. Yeah. You, you earn the right hey. to play on those games. And so we – cannot wait i sit here on november 25th and i will say the browns are better than the steelers right now i don't think i'm saying that's crazy no i don't think that's a stretch at all all, right no but i'll say this and maybe it's changed in 10 days 11 days now the browns beat the steelers 11 days ago at cleveland brown stadium or or first energy stadium or whatever energy you want to call it Uh, at least it has energy now it used to be no energy stadium um they beat them because they dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides. And Miles Garrett was a huge part of that on that Thursday night game. Uh, he had Alejandro uh, on his on his heels all night long. If and they and their offensive line, and you and I talked about that last last Friday, the day after the game. The offensive line dominated the Steelers defensive line, and we have not seen that or said that very many times in the twenty years the Browns have been back. Zach, if they can go out and dominate the line of scrimmages as they did on that Thursday night game at Pittsburgh, 
there are going to be a lot of fans in Heinz Field walking away with their tail between their legs. And, and that, that, but like you said, you don't turn the ball over. You win the line of scrimmages. Not sexy, but this is how the game will have to be played. Uh, I'm glad that Landry had the birthday gift of gifts given to him yesterday by playing that, that ragtag team that they played in that secondary that he absolutely just put, just put to misery. I hope his party went well last night and all that other good stuff. But I can tell you two guys I wouldn't want to be on Sunday, and we can get to that later in the week. I wouldn't want to be Odell Beckham Jr. or Jarvis Landry. Those are the two guys I would least want to be on Sunday in this contest because of what happened to the two wide receivers uh-huh. of the Steelers on Thursday night. That secondary is going to be looking for comeback. Like you said, I don't think the Steelers have been – and see, this is the thing that we have to – not we because we're not in the locker room. But I think the thing that Freddie really has to work on this week is controlling emotions and controlling how high and how low. And that, it's a hard thing to do because it is a big game. And because this is – it's basically one of these teams are going to walk away on Sunday and their playoff chances are going to be done. The other one's going to feel really good about their playoff chances, whether they should or shouldn't they Correct. will. No, that's a great, the, that's a great of, way to say it. There's still four, four games left after this game. But this is basically an elimination game. And this is one team is going to stay alive – really with a lot of positive momentum and reason to think that they can keep stacking these wins. Right. So absolutely. Right. And here's the thing. The Steelers have played in a million of these games under Tomlin. Well, this is the first time you got to go on the road and Freddie as a coach has to gather his troops and say, I know what happened, you know, 17 days ago. I know what's been said. I know what you know, what's been said, but we cannot get involved with that. We have to win the football game. And maybe yesterday was a big step. Now, Odell and Jarvis said all the right things, but we, you knew like I knew, we knew Jarvis was going to get fed early and often because it was against the Dolphins, because it was his birthday. That wasn't a surprise, right? Well, now you got to get that with the whole 53-man roster. Everybody wants to get get back for miles. I thought Sheldon Richardson's post game was awesome yesterday, even though I don't understand the questioning. That's a whole another conversation that we'll have. But look, your emotions are going to be extremely high. Can you hold your, as, as Deke would say, can you hold your water and just go do your job and not get caught up in what happened Thursday night? That's the question. of what Because as we both said, the Browns are the better team. doesn't mean they'll win. If they handle everything the correct way, they should, this should be a victory and you move on to the next week. That's right. Uh, one last Browns thing. Uh, all you can ask for when a guy is in a contract year is that the guy plays his ass off, and Joe Schobert is most certainly doing that. So, no you know, doubt, um, he, he's he's kind of made it a no brainer. I have no idea what the asking price is or what the Browns think, but assuming this this staff is back, um, then then you got to sign him, and that's all you ask for. As he continues to ball out four picks in two games, is pretty damn awesome, and he's been all over the field. Um, so good for him. The Buckeyes. The staff, wait, 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 two minutes. The no, no, no. I'm tired of the Browns. Come on. <laughs> the, staff, the staff is coming back. But don't be like those radio people. The staff is coming back. Unless there's an absolute – unless they get into another brawl like they did on Thursday night. Okay. All right. I'm not going to argue. Browns, but listen, well, you, you, Browns, you just said it. In the history of the Cleveland Browns, how many absolutes can you give with five weeks left in the season? About fucking zero. <laughs> right? Well, that's <laughs> – that's where they're different now is what I'm oh, saying. Oh, no, yeah. Well, no, yeah, that's what you're saying. And listen to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> they're different now. Why can't you accept that? Why can't you accept that they're different now? They're the coaches that are right, there may be some tweaks, but Freddie Kitchens is your leader. So get off of his case, people. It's re- move on. 
They have made a step, and they said that the hillbilly from Alabama is your leader. And you all need to go get your orange sweatshirts, wear your orange sweatshirts, stop putting gummies in nooses. If you know how to use a noose, that probably means you're racist. That's just how black people feel, pumpkin boy. So, therefore, get behind Freddie. Get your big fat suits on. Wear your fat suits and wear your orange sweatshirts. Freddie is your guy. And, by the way, shout out to Dee Haslam for wearing her hat. Let's talk about the Buckeyes. He starts smelling gravy three days ahead, and you lose your damn mind. <laughs> Woo! I can't wait. <laughs> uh, Come on, Chase Young. Come on. Hey, man, you know what? I felt old. They were talking about uh, uh, Coach Day, and he's only 40 years old, man, and he's he's 13-0 and 0 already at, at Ohio State as a head coach. At 40 years old, we finally have hit that age, Zach where the coaches are younger than us <laughs> and, they've and they've accomplished more than us. And I'm sitting there eating chips in my sweatpants going, man, where did, where did life go? Where did I mess up? <laughs> 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 All right, well, let me say this. Ohio State, they're just fun to watch, right? And, and obviously it's a collection of talent. Um, but we, yeah. as we know, it's not just about that. But just kind of the way they play, uh, J.K. Dobbins on 90% of the teams in the country would be the best player, right? The O-line blocks no its ass off. Chase Young is a super, super, super freak, but he's not the only one on the D-line, right? They, they fly around. They play together. And it's just really fun to watch. And, you know, who, who knows what will happen. It's hard um, to finish these things off. And, and, you know, this Michigan team does does have talent and obviously will be super motivated. I think the third quarter against Penn State will prove to be nothing but a positive. I'm a big believer in that you have to face some adversity. You have to face some challenges to kind of find out what you're about, you know, so you don't mm-hmm. freak out when, when it does happen as the stakes get higher and higher and higher. So, um, you know, if, if Fields doesn't fumble on the one-inch line, it's probably a completely different game, but it wasn't. It didn't happen that way. They still won by double digits. You know, you go on the road now, probably the only place, the only game Ohio State plays all year where they don't have at least 50% of the crowd, you know, where the people absolutely hate you and where you're really in an everything-to-lose spot. But I just have really enjoyed all year long. And even though we last the other day is the first time we saw the starters for four quarters, right, just watching right. this team play. Uh, I'm sure all those receivers want their numbers, but damn, there's six of them, right? And they're all cheering for each oh. other when they're making the plays. Dobbins Isn't is running awesome? wild on people, and and I just think the difference ultimately in this game and the next game will be uh, be Chase Young just doing what he does, making defensive plays, and because you you have to score with these guys. I don't care who you are. I don't think you're beating them 17-14, right? And no, I just no, think Chase different. Young is going to be the drive wrecker and the ultimate reason that the Buckeyes in end up winning this game Sunday by a couple touchdowns or even more. Or Saturday. 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 So you're stuck on the, you're stuck on the Browns still. You can't get away from it. Um, let me – you just mentioned something that I think is – and for the young kids out there and the coaches that listen to this podcast, we know you're out there. Uh, Captain, we love you. Better not lose to your brother. Um, I think what they've done at Ohio State, which is to me tremendous, especially in this day and age, this a- AAU age of uh, where we live in life with, with young kids and sports – how they put this collection. You talk about Chase Young, but you talk the receiving core, maybe one of the most talented receiving cores the Buckeyes have ever had because of the scores of the game, because of the scores of the games and because of how they spread it out. Like, uh, what's KJ Hill? Like he's on the, he's on, he's like in top five receptions or the top two, I think top three. 
I never would have thought that. Now he's been there. Now he's an anomaly because he's been there four years. But you look at his season stats, and they're like, he's got like 34 catches, 33. I don't have it in front of me, so don't. My point is, Olivier, Alave, however they want to say it this week, on most teams, that kid would have like 80 catches, right? Like, that kid is super duper talented, and for, and I look, we're not in Columbus, we're not in the grind every single day. We, I don't, I've never covered the team. You haven't covered this year's team, but to be able to get that type of collection of talent, Coach Day and the Ohio State Buckeyes deserve so much, so much that they have collected all this talent, and none of them are leaving, Zach. And we don't hear them complaining. Now I'm sure there's some complaining about. I mean, even the the backup tailback. That kid, that kid would be a, that kid would start for every team in the Big Ten. Yes, major like like they, I, I can't. I'm, I've watched every team in the Big Ten, and I'm pretty sure that kid would be a thousand yard rusher for almost everybody else. Um, Dobbins shared time last year. It's amazing to me in this era of if I'm not a starter, I'm transferring. That the Buckeyes are getting all these four star, five stars, three star kids, and they're keeping them. There's something about an environment that kids are willing to share when they're that talented, when there's so many places that you can go and be seen on TV and be the man on campus, they are the anomaly, and that's why they're one of the best teams in the country. And that's why, we're, hopefully, if they keep their noses straight and the LSU can keep their noses clean, we're going to see one of the best championship games we've seen in years. Because to me, and I know on, Joe, uh, um, I know on The Athletic, who's your college football writer on The Athletic? I love him. I can't think of his name right now. Ari? But he has said, what's that? Ari? Not Nah. <laughs> oh, you're talking about Bruce Feldman. Feldman, yes, Bruce. Yeah. Bruce made a great point. He's seen both teams and, and said to him, uh, those are the two teams we all want to see at the end of this because they are so similar. They'll, obviously, the Joe Burrow conversation will be awesome. Um, but you want to see them because these two teams have the most talent, it looks like, from afar, one through one through 80, or however many guys you want to see on the field on a Saturday. Yeah, no um... – that game, it'd be first to 42 in Ohio State LSU. Uh, it, w- it would be awesome. So we'll see about getting there. I, I just, like I said, we, we've talked so little Buckeyes. Uh, partly just because we've mostly only been doing one podcast a week. But, you know, the Browns have had drama after drama. And we've and we've talked other stuff. I, it's just, I like you said, it, it's not just about collecting the talent. That's where it starts, right? I brought up Ari's name right. and he, he maintains that the only – you know, the window into the national title starts on signing day. You have to get the freaks and he's right. But, but getting the freaks and keeping them together and, and maximizing them, them yeah. you know, I mean, Oklahoma and Texas recruit talented players too. Right. Um, you know, right, they don't right. all go to Clemson in Ohio state. And but, I, but how many, and I'm not, how many stories do we hear about kids going to a college big signing day and by August they're transferring or they're not happy or they're not this. Like, it just seems like that is a big part of college sports right now is I'm transferring if I can't be the starter. And for the most part, knock on wood, Ohio State is cl- – I mean, think about it. Last, Think about the defensive ends Chase Young. Chase Young had to sit. Does anybody remember that? Like, he was rotated in and played the last couple of years, but he wasn't a starter over Boza. You know, you know, you know like, he had to sit and wait his turn. Like, he had – like, it's – to me, that is a tremendous thing that they're doing right now. Yeah, um, so I, I don't always get them right, but I, I do want pull, to pull a little personal victory lap here. Uh, last February, at some point, we had a conversation about uh, Jared Goff and about Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. And I said, mm-hmm. it's just the kind of thing that you don't recover from, what Goff did in the Super Bowl. And, and you know, we'll see. The season's not over, but he's been awful, right? 
And but yes, yes. Although people smarter than I tell me that that Harbaugh's not really in trouble at Michigan, and that internally they love him a lot more than externally. We know how last year ended. We know, you know, that this year has not been great. And until he beats Ohio State, it's going to be bad. And we'll see what public perception is like if the Buckeyes do win by 21 on Saturday, right? But, um, you know, like I said, you just – you look at these programs and there's so much pressure. Everybody wants to say Texas is back. Well, clearly Texas is not back. You know, Oregon the other day (laughs) had the window to the number four seed. They played like all the pressure was on them. They're done now, right? And truthfully, and I know a lot of you guys don't want to hear it, if it ever went to a 16 playoff, the six that belong are Ohio State, Clemson, and four SEC teams. Fight me on that. It's the fucking <laughs> truth. I tell Andre that all the time. Right? But, uh, he told me that the other night, and I fought you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, to, 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 to collect the players and to think you're good and to be good in spurts is one thing, but to be good for this long and maintain it and manage the egos – and continue to maximize it is something else. And obviously get Ohio State getting Justin Fields and him magically being eligible, that's a gift from the football gods. But, and, you know, you make your own luck, you plug guys in and go. And um, we'll see. But I, I just think Ohio State's going to truck machine. I do. That's not a homerish opinion. I, I just think that that's what it's going to be. And I think eventually they'll pull away from either Minnesota or Wisconsin. I think it, I honestly at this point think it'll be Minnesota. And then they'll go into if if that happens if Ohio State is unbeaten they'll go into the playoff as the number one seed and we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, no, I can't wait. I think this is going to be a fun turn of events. Um, and and shout out in tip of that at Urban Meyer um, for not leaving the cut. Like he could have stayed. Who knows what his scenarios were and why it went off on the way it did. But a lot of times you see a coach like him. Hey, the people down in Florida. There's, a, there's a, a group of them that despise Urban Meyer because they feel like when he left, he gave them no chance to continue on with what they were doing. And now we can get into the, the motivations of why <laughs> that it went down that way. But however you look at it, Ohio State, um, the cover was not was not barren when, when he left Ohio State. And they've got something, no matter how this season ends, they have a chance, Zach, to be able to continue this for a couple more years. Uh, and if they can continue to recruit, um, the engine can keep rolling for a long time as long as they stay out of the NCAA's crosshairs, which we shall see. Now, two things to go back on the beginning of that conversation you started. Um, you talked about the quarterback of the Rams who's going to get dominated tonight by the Baltimore um, Ravens. Um, can we stop doing something? And I know I was trying to say this around the Super Bowl last year. Um, as good of a coach as anyone is, no one is a genius and no one has outfigured out anything in football. The Rams ran through, ran roughshod over the NFL last year. And I know McVeigh is a good looking dude. Um, he looks like a, a Ken Barbie. He went to the Ken Barbie school of the Mac. Um, and he's going to be successful for a long time. And he's got a, a super duper hot girlfriend or whatever else. And, and, and websites that, that get off and put girls in bikinis, uh, get off and being able to show his wife or his girlfriend. But he's just a coach. And, it, it, and, and what do we tell everybody? It's Jimmy's and Joe's, y'all. And it's amazing that since Gurley's knee hasn't been 100, whatever is going on with Gurley's knee, and you and I have speculated for, heck, almost a year now, what could or could not be wrong with him in that offense. And Cooper Cup. And you saw when, was it New England? Who went in? Oh, Baltimore. who was it that went into the Rams just a couple of weeks ago and they just took Cup completely out of the game? And the Rams had no chance. Uh, it doesn't matter. But my point is, in the NFL – Let's let's calm down on all this genius talk. 
I think in the Super Bowl, Bill Belichick slowed, showed how to slow down the Rams, how to beat up the receivers. They didn't have Cooper Cup in the, in the Super Bowl. Uh, they took away the play action. They actually aren't as crafty as people made it out because they only use about three formations. This year has been tough for them. And suddenly the defense doesn't look as, as great because the offense isn't putting up 40 points a night. Um, and, and, hey, God bless the coaching staff with the Rams. God bless Zach's little brother that's coaching down for the Bengals. He should be coaching in, in high school somewhere. Uh, and everybody made a lot of money off of it. These owners lost their mind. But don't believe all this hype when they start telling you some guy's a one-trick pony and he's the newest, best thing since sliced bread. There's only one genius that coaches NFL football, and we all know it's Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> we all know it's Bill Belichick. So you need yeah, you went right over your head. It's Bill Belichick. He's the only he's the only genius. The rest of these guys know the game really well, and they've got to get lucky because golf looks horrible without everything around him being perfect. And now all of a sudden, the Rams have given him all this money, and I think they realize if they don't put the perfect perfect compliments around him, they just got a they just got a guy at quarterback. And I hate to say that about him, but it's true. He's just a guy. There's no genius in the head coach. There's no like, because they everybody sees the film and everybody still figures it out. And I'm gonna say I think the Ravens are gonna beat the crap out of them. Now the Michigan situation is a little different to me. I think Harbaugh's done a hell of a job. Um, the problem is, and that is gonna hurt some feelings, uh, especially of Michigan fans. But the truth is, Ohio, Michigan is not Ohio State. Uh, Michigan does not have the base. And this plays into the economics of our world. Uh, I know that Detroit is a bigger, you know, city or bigger region than Cleveland. The, the Michigan Wolverines don't have the same base to go get players as Ohio State. Michigan has always thrived uh, when they got the best kids from from Case or, or, or Cash Tech or whatever in Detroit. They would get a couple of Ohio. Some of the best Michigan players of all time are Ohio guys. Charles Woodson, Desmond Howard. We can go on for days. And suddenly. You know, I thought when Trussell left that, it bothered me at first. And we talked about it on the podcast years ago. It bothered me at first because the one thing Truss did when Truss was a coach is he basically put a fence. And I don't want to use the word wall because that starts a whole lot. But he put a wall around Ohio, right? Like if you were, for the most part, if you could play in Ohio, you went to Ohio State when Truss was there. And that kind of hurt Michigan because Michigan, as I said, Michigan has always found a way to get a couple guys from Ohio that could play. And when Urban came in, they became a national recruiting base, right? Like, it was like, we're going to get the best kids out of Florida, the best kids out of Maryland, the best kids, and then we'll get, you know, the couple kids out of Ohio that we need. And they've done that. To me, Michigan is at a point where it's like, okay, they're getting the Michigan kids, but they're not getting as many Ohio kids. They'll get one here or there. They got that kid from, from Hoban. Hey, congrats to the Masculine Tigers. Anyway, um... <laughs> Um, I just think Michigan has an issue with just there's not a lot of there's not nearly as many kids playing high school football in, the, in that Detroit Michigan area. They're not getting many Ohio kids, um, and they're not getting the same type of kids nationally as Ohio State are getting. And Harbaugh is a bit of a nutcase. Um, and at the end of the day, them winning nine ten games may, a year may be what the pinnacle is for Michigan because I can't name anybody better to run that program at this point in time, or someone that, that fits the demographic, that understands the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry, and can, unless there's somebody on the Ohio State staff, I think Michigan is what they are. They are a very good Big Ten team, uh, but not a great Big Ten team. And I just think that's where they're going to be at. Congrats, Michigan. Well, Jim Harbaugh's a quarterback, and he's always coached quarterbacks. 
and he was supposed right. to get his quarterback and win, and he's had this Shea Patterson joker now, and it hasn't worked. And they've tried to put in the McCaffrey kid, who was all everything, and it hasn't worked. So until he gets his quarterback, you're right, they're not going to win. Um, they're supposed to be a blue blood. It's a great school. They have a tremendous yep. Nike contract um, and yes. deep-pocketed donors like Ohio State. They do recruit nationally like Ohio State. Um, they've just gotten past. They've gotten zoomed by, not past, right? Um, right. Braxton Miller was a freshman the last time Michigan beat Ohio State, right? Wow. Wow. <laughs> when they first – Wow. When, when Jim Delaney first did this and, and brought in these two jokers to the Big Ten – and you know, divvied them up. They put Ohio State and Michigan in different divisions, thinking that they would get they would get there and they would do it again and they would double dip, right? Well, then they got smart and they corrected that. But I mean, it's not Michigan; it's Ohio State every freaking year, right? So, right. Um, yeah, it's it's not been good. And I just I don't know. I, I don't know that it's going to work. Um, and, and certainly, I understand that changing the coach is not always the answer. But but for Michigan. Um, three lost seasons and finishing in the top 15 and, and occasionally winning the Outback Bowl is not supposed to be the goal. It's not. And, and no. You're but, right. But, it may be a the, conversation the about game. different realities and changing times and expectations, but um, yeah. they are supposed to be a well, blue blood program and they're not. Yeah, they are. But so is Florida State. You know what I mean? Like, so is Miami. Miami lost to Bush Davis last time. Yeah, like, I think change. It's cycles. I'm just saying, in the cycle that we're in right now, and as Ohio State, fans or Ohio State guys, we should be lucky. This is just my opinion. I think you've seen Clemson come out and take over as one of those blue bloods, right? Um, I think you could say that about, well, LSU is always, LSU should always be good because they have a recruiting land. They, like that area where they recruit, they can get Houston, they can get Louisiana, uh, they can get a little bit of Miami. Like they, They're in a perfect place. The New Orleans area, there's a lot of talent in that area, right? Florida State, I think, is in a worse situation than Michigan. Florida State should never be as bad as Florida State is, in my opinion. But they're in a bad place right now. <laughs> like, Alabama, like, and what, you say what? Two teams and then the top four teams in the SEC should be our playoff every year or whatever else? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does Clemson play anybody else at this point in time? And, or, all right, and we, and while we're having this conversation, how do you fix the Pac-12? Because well, Utah, they're so far Utah's behind. Utah's good, but I think they would get. I think they would get their doors blown off against yeah. the top three teams. I mean, listen, Oregon went to a neutral field and played Auburn, and I know it's week one, but Auburn won, and Auburn's in sixth place in the SEC. So, like, right? <laughs> you know, I watched Georgia play. Oregon wouldn't score on them, right? Like, probably, probably <laughs> no. You're right. So, these are the facts, right? <laughs> I mean, this is this is what it is. Um, you know, we'll talk about it. We'll have college football playoff arguments uh, in another week or so uh, to do, and, and we will see. Um, if Ohio State handles business, the quality wins that, that are still on their schedule will make them the number one overall, I think. Um, that only lingers out there because if you look at if, if LSU finishes undefeated and Ohio State finishes undefeated, one of them is going to get to be the one and play the four seed, and the other one's going to play Clemson, who you're right has not beaten anybody this year. But we know they have big, big time talent. We we just know yeah. that they do, and they handle their business. Who they played, they had the one scare against North Carolina. I mean, that, that's the other thing with this Ohio State team, Dre. Like, it is not easy to take guys on the road to keep them focused in these sandwich games. And we've seen Ohio State teams, super talented ones with 50 NFL dudes, go do 
lose a game to Purdue just last year, right? Yeah. By like 90 yeah. points. Yeah. This team handled its business. We saw the starters in the fourth quarter for the first time all freaking year the other day. Right. Right. Like, and that was a fear. That was a fear for me, to be honest. I was like, they haven't played all year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So, like, like I said, I mean, that Penn State court, they, they found something with the quarterback in, in the run game, but I never, it was kind of like the Browns and Dolphins, and the, the game was never in danger. It just, the score got really interesting, right? For, right. for a little bit. Right. Um, which was good for, which is good for the Buckeyes going yeah. forward. They needed that. No. And I, and I honestly, I think it was good for the Browns and that that offense needed to get back in there and, and, and slam the door. I mean, you're still working on things. You, you hate it, but it is what it is. It's late November. You're still working on things. They get back in there. They slam the door and, and we'll see for sure what happens. All right. We're going to give you another one later in the week. Um, I got to go right now. I got some stuff to do. I got to jump on this Freddie kitchens conference call. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, for reading, for tweeting, for all that stuff. Uh, thanks to Cleveland Whiskey, to American Fireworks. We'll play some glory days later in the week as it relates to Ohio State, Michigan, and a couple of other things. Um, and, uh, you know, we know what this and is. You- Saturday's Ohio State, Michigan. Sunday is Brown Steelers in a bloodbath in a significant game. And uh, we'll keep talking about it. So thank you for listening. And Kenichiwa. No, we got to go Kenichiwa, Mason Rudolph. Yeah. You idiot, you couldn't even play against good enough against the Bengals to get your butt kicked this week against the Browns. Yeah, Tell me all you need to know. Yep. We'll talk to you soon.